Hello and welcome to the Two Dudes Football Podcast. I'm your host, Wyatt Fairman, alongside Ryan Pulsiver. Ryan, 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 we did it. We made it. We're here. Hooray. We have the playoffs. And are you excited? I almost wasn't for a little bit, but now, now I am. We'll get there. We'll get there. You've been saving up some, I, I guess you could call it energy. You probably want to release when it comes to discussing the Pittsburgh Steelers, but uh, we'll get to that in a second. We have so much to talk about. 14 teams dueling it off for a chance to hoist the Lombardi Trophy. It all starts this Saturday as we have how many games Saturday? Three? Is it three? Uh, No, it's it's two. It's two. Both good games. Uh, Every game is a good game, to be honest with you. Every matchup is a good one. The worst matchup is me and Ryan's favorite matchup. So, you know, for us, it's a win-win situation. For other people, it's maybe a snooze fest, depending on how you think it's going to go. But, again, we'll get there. We just have so much to talk about. First and foremost, though, the two dudes want to make sure you all know that you are loved and you are cared for. And if we don't say that enough, we do. Ryan, I love you, man. I love you, too. And despite how emotionally stunted I may or may not be, which I am. It's nice to say once in a while. It is. I think it's important that we all share that in our life, especially now that we are in 2022. Not one, not 2020. Ugh. We are in 2022, a new year, a new chance to hopefully, you know, have a year that's not terrible. I'm not feeling optimistic so far. Well, I don't think anyone really is, given past history. But here we are, 2022. It's playoff time, baby. And we have two matchups to go over for Saturday. Three on Sunday and then one on Monday. That's right. Six games spread across three days. It is a super wildcard weekend to the fullest definition. And we have teams in the playoffs this year that we've not seen in the playoffs in quite some time, Ryan. It's true, and Jets fans are getting hopeful. No, it's not you guys. <laughs> was it twenty? Was it twenty ten or twenty eleven? They were last in the playoffs. It's been a long time. Oh, not long enough, in my opinion. I'm joking. I just it makes me happy to you know see the Jets suffer for one reason only. Do you know why that is? I really don't actually. So you're going to think this is strange of me, but they just they want to lose. It's like when you watch them play, they have a little fight. They act like the kid who's finally learning how to do things. And they may win a couple games they really shouldn't win. But overall, there's no real work ethic. No, I I like Robert Sala. I think he's going to get them rolling a little bit more next year. I even think they could slip into the playoffs next year if Zach Wilson, you know, turns it up. But we'll see. That's, you know, for a future podcast episode about predicting or, you know, the second edition of, oh, it's been a year since we've done this, Ryan, the roast episode. I, I thought about it two nights ago. I haven't started yet. I actually haven't started. No, this time last year, I had just started thinking. I haven't started yet, and I think I'm happier this way. And I like it that we've just waited to announce that until just now. Like, you didn't know I was going to bring it up, but I think we both just knew. We just knew something was missing in our lives this time of year. It's time for the second annual roast episode to be announced. And so we're going to have one. This year's been a crazy one. We're so excited to share that with you guys. And if you want more updates, well, Ryan, do you know where people can check for Two Dudes updates? 
Huh, let me think. There's somewhere, but I, I don't know where. Where would they check? Why? Well, Ryan, you, uh, you have social media. I do. I, I like to like pictures of cats and Pittsburgh Steelers. Actually, dogs, not cats. Let's be real. That was a was a totally different direction than I thought you were going to go, but okay. Uh, you have Instagram. I do have Instagram. Well, say, Ryan, let's just pretend that you really love the Two Dudes podcasting crew. You could theoretically follow them on Instagram and get all the updates as they come, as well as different joke posts, actual news posts. This thing just started up, and it's looking pretty cool. I'm not sure how much you're advertising your personal account. Mine will be there. I'll be doing a lot of interaction and stuff, so you can absolutely find me. I don't know. You've mentioned me in the past that you're not rushing to put out your account, and fair enough. I just have no regard for internet safety, so you can also find me in probably more comment sections than not of those posts. I would have to agree, especially if I tag you in like half of them, which I have. We're doing something online where we go over each playoff team. That's right. You thought teams as they got eliminated would be roasted. Well, no. Now it's happening to those who are in the playoffs as well as we have a little bit of a joke post for each team making the playoffs. Now, I'm still working on that. This just got started up. It's taking some time, but we finally are in a position where we can start posting some updates and being of use to people. So just do a solid, give us a follow. I don't think you'll regret it. I said, I'd say it's a pretty good time. I would as well, especially if we start doing things like lives, if we get enough people. Oh, well, that's way off in the future. Before, Ryan, before we move on, can you? I can't remember if you did this or not, but did you plug the handle, the actual handle itself? Oh, you mean two dudes? I think it's sports. I mean, I said we should probably check this before we send them to follow because I can't remember if you said it or not. Yeah, it's just straight up two dudes sports. So, write out two T W O dudes plural. So, T W O D U D E S S P O R T S two dudes sports. We'll see you there. For those of you who had been following us, we had a really weird blue and green theme for football, and we had a, a black and yellow thing for hockey, and we still have those respective themes. You'll see it in our cover art, but now. We're purple. That's for sports. That's for everything. We're embracing it all. And we are going to be giving you the updates that you deserve. Right now, you're going to see more football on our Instagram than hockey because our hockey podcasting season starts theoretically really, really soon, like the All-Star break. But it'll pick up after football season for sure. We've also been telling ourselves that since the start of the season, to be fair. so Yeah, but I mean, like you got to think about when we're going to have time to talk about hockey. That's true. All right, so here we are, football podcast. To our football people, I hope you're excited. It's time to go over what happened when? Oh, right, last week. What week was it, Ryan, in the football season? Week 18, which is entirely something that, you know, has always existed and totally was not put there for greed purposes. Absolutely no greed involved whatsoever. Nothing but good understanding white-collar employees working to help make fans have a better time during the NFL season. Um, 
Of course, all that is sarcastic. Week 18 was liked by nobody except for fans who just wanted more football. So maybe a win for us, but definitely not for the players. But I'll tell you who it is a win for, Ryan. Who is it a win for? It's a win for a few teams. Um, It's a win for the Las Vegas Raiders. It's a win for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a win for the Tennessee Titans. It's a win. I mean, actually, it really is a win for the Buffalo Bills. And I'll explain why it's a win in just a second. But we're going to get into all that just going over the scores of next week. Ryan, we have to save our teams for last. Well, I feel like our first move is we're going to loosely brush in the games that didn't matter or something like that. Yeah, I think that's probably wise because, you know, we do have fans from, you know, pretty much every single NFL team that listened to us. So, um, games that didn't matter, which may sound odd, but the Packers went to Detroit and Detroit won because the Packers already had the first round by and they just, you know, it didn't really matter. Lions won 37 to 30. Good for them. Congratulations. We're happy for you. We actually are, you know, you beat Green Bay's second team minus Devontae Adams, who broke the single season receiving record for Packers. So good for him. Um, games that didn't matter Vikings, Bears, Vikings, Bears. Congratulations to the Vikings for firing your coach before the Bears did, despite beating the Bears, which is really interesting. I think I've been drumming the uh, Mike Zimmer isn't it thing for about a year and a half, two years now, so I'm glad to see they finally got the message. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure fans were drumming the Matt Nagy isn't it, you know, as soon as the double doink happened. So, I don't know. Um, Games that didn't matter. Uh, You can make an argument that the Buccaneers-Panthers game didn't matter. Buccaneers needed to win it to improve in the seed uh, in the seeding for the playoffs, but they're playing the Panthers and they blew them out 41 to 17. Uh, Seahawks Cardinals was actually really important. And the Seahawks go and beat Arizona, Ryan. That Cardinals team really feels like last year's Pittsburgh Steelers, doesn't it? It really does. It's actually kind of, crazy how well those two complement each other jets go to buffalo they take on the bills and well they they lose and the bills clinch the afc east which puts them ahead of the patriots you know why that's important ryan why is that important because that means they get home field advantage when they play the patriots this weekend but again it's ahead of ourselves so let's go to other games including staying in the afc east the dolphins do you know what they did again the same thing they do literally every year at the end of the season? Every year at the end of the season. It's tradition at this point, and Chiefs fans around the globe were so happy to see this. The Dolphins held their own against New England, and they beat them 33-24. to So it wouldn't have mattered that the Bills won their game because the Patriots couldn't get the job done for themselves. Have we ever really stopped to ask why the Dolphins, who, by the way, we got to talk about them, always beat the Patriots? I don't know, but I really appreciate it because as a Chiefs fan, the Dolphins are the sole reason the Chiefs have improved in the playoff standings for two or three seasons in a row. And yes, you know, they lost to the Titans when we really needed them to win, but it is what it is, you know? 
Don't forget, too, the Dolphins were the ones who sent the Patriots into the wild card game the year that they lost to the Titans, and the Chiefs, I believe, won the Super Bowl that year. That's actually incredibly correct. But that's a team that had Tom Brady, and now Tom Brady is in a different conference. So, but before we go further, can we can we talk about Brian Flores? Uh I feel like we need to. I feel like we need to have a conversation about Brian Flores and David Culley. I feel like both of those guys deserve conversations. I don't know if David Culley deserves as much conversation as Brian Flores, but certainly. What are the Dolphins doing? Oy vey. Oy vey. Was it? They, they had a winning record this year, too, didn't they? They they did. They had... Nine well, and eight. I'm trying to remember. When he was the head coach, I saw the stat. The last couple of years, they had the 10th best winning percentage in the league. And they haven't made the playoffs either, either year. Well, I'm sorry, but you can't just draft Tua and expect the team to be great all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, and Tua had a good year this year. He took a lot of developmental steps. You know who's responsible for the development of their players? Uh, the coach. The guy that they just fired. The guy who seems to have brought a culture of stability to that team. A guy who brought that team to winning records in back-to-back years. And yes, I agree with everyone who says that the Dolphins' winning streak should not have gotten as much credit as it did because the competition was terrible. That's true. That's absolutely true. They played terrible teams. You also can only play who you play. And he led them to two straight winning years. He developed their players, got the most out of them. I don't know how you fire a guy like that. Beat New England at the end of the year when they're fighting for a lot. I mean, they've done that, what, three or four years in a row. They've beat New England. At this point, they don't they don't reward wins against the Patriots. It's just like expected. Like, yeah, no, you beat the Patriots. Yeah, for the Dolphins, what do you expect? They swept the Patriots this year. They swept New England. And I know they didn't have Tom Brady. But, I mean, come on, Mac Jones, he, he's playing really good. A, a solid rookie of the year candidate. Um, I don't think he's going to get it personally, but um, he's definitely a candidate for it. As, if you're Brian Flores, what more could you have done? Your offensive line, terrible. Your wide receiving core. Not great. Not great. Waddle was decent. Waddle, Waddle progressed too. He developed, and you know who's responsible responsible for developing their players? Um, I'm going to guess that it's the GM that didn't get fired. Right, right. The GM that literally drafted a decent wide receiver into a tag of Iloa and then expected Brian Flores to turn the Dolphins into a super team. That's crazy talk. What's even worse Dolphins fans love him. Like, you can't even blame this on outside pressure because there was none. Have you have you seen the reason why they actually fired Flores? Why? Basically, the GM managed to sell the owner that because Flores wanted them to draft Justin Herbert, that he and Tua could never work properly together. He basically sold them that it's going to be basically Tua or, or Flores, and you might as well take Flores. Or Tua, sorry. That's, no. No, sorry, that's a terrible excuse. If you're Brian Flores, you are really mad and you cannot wait to get revenge with whatever new team you get. I hope he goes to the Seahawks, which Pete Carroll hasn't been fired, but I, there is blood in the water, is what I've heard. 
and a lot of sources theorizing that that actually could be a possibility, which, you know, again, that's kind of ahead of us. That's probably for a future episode, but still it's potential. And if you're the NFL, you know how bad this looks if your GM makes a shady deal or the owner makes a shady deal with the GM say, Hey, you know, you got it like, got to let go of this guy. He is. And I, you know, I hate that this is a factor in today's world, but he's a minority coach. Not only that, but he's a really good one. If, if you're wanting <laughs> the, the NFL, they're starting something they did a couple of years ago, the whole Black Lives Matter movement progressing. They want to symbolize the end of racism and, and acceptance and equality. And all that's great. But when you allow owners to make, you know, what I would consider shady deals against successful minority coaches, that's just not cool. It's disrespectful. Uh, maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe you didn't read that far, Ryan. But I just know that you know that that's a big deal to a lot of people who really look up to Brian Flores. So you know, myself included, I I, I like what he's done with the Dolphins as a Chiefs fan, especially. But you no, know, that's besides the point. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's one of those things that there are a lot of contexts where I'd say, well, no. But I mean, the NFL is a very diverse sport. A lot of, you know, there's a very diverse player base and fan base. There was one black head coach. There's one. There were three last week. There is one now. And ironically, the other one is actually Cully, who I wanted to talk about for different reasons. But, you know, he lasted three years, had a five-win season in his first year that they were terrible. They were, they were terrible. But... Like, are we really going to sit here and argue that this team, this Miami Dolphins organization, is going to find a better coach, a better leader? And I no. have, and I have seen some reports that there were a few spats with Tua that happened. I have seen that, but I mean, let's not look around here. Like, there are not many better options. I, I don't think there's any better options. And my other question: You put look at Mike Zimmer. Look at Mike Zimmer. Look at some of the other coaches that got fired today. Look how long their leashes were. Why is it so short for Flores and Colley? Well, you would want to think that the coach that you just let go really deserved it. So let's just give the Dolphins ownership the benefit of the doubt that they thought they were making the right decision, okay? I'm sure they did. So if you're the Bears who have been crying for Nagy to get out of Chicago since the double doink. And, you know, I'm being facetious when I say that. They were really high on Nagy that year. He took him to the playoffs. And, yes, the double doink hurt them, but they thought highly of Nagy. And he could never reach those standards. And since he started falling short of those standards, they were crying for him to get fired. A longer leash than even that, Mike Zimmer (laughs) – Vikings fans have wanted him out of there almost as long as they wanted Kirk Cousins out of there. And to be fair to Zimmer, he has put a lot of time into that team. And that's probably why they kept him as long as they did, but still. Yeah. And I do apologize to the Kirk Cousins fans out there. I mean, I get it. You know, he's the definition of a decent quarterback. I I don't know where this Viking team goes from here now, but if there is one team that you know, 
not as controversial as the Brian Flores firing, but certainly a hot topic. Houston. David Colley was let go, and I don't think I agree with it. I don't know that I do either, but I'm I'm interested in hearing your logic behind that. Unless they are going after a Brian Flores type guy. Which they can now. Which they can. He is very much a free agent. When David Colley was first hired, I looked at that move and I went, what are you doing? He did not have the resume to be a head coach. But he came out and actually did a pretty good job. Yeah, he only won, I think it was four games. He's also on the tight or the Texans. You're only going to do so much. And he took Davis Mills, this guy who, let's be real, we all laughed at that pick because we went, look at him. They drafted a quarterback. What a bunch of dummies. Davis Mills was actually very good. Very good for a rookie. Needs to work on his foot on his footwork, but other than that, he was pretty solid. Davis Mills right now looks like he could be a starting quarterback in this league. There isn't a single one of us outside of maybe Texans fans who were desperate for hope who thought at the end of his first year we'd be saying that. There was legitimate groundwork for something to be good here. And, you know, what was the point of bringing him in if you weren't going to give him that opportunity? If he came in and he struggled, I can't remember. I think one of the Cardinals coaches a few years back got fired after one year. There are situations where it's warranted. But when a guy does a good job, to me, unless you have Flores ready to hire, or like a Jim Harbaugh ready to hire, maybe even Caldwell, maybe even him, if you're really sold in them, which admittedly I'm not, you shouldn't be firing him until you have a guy the next day to announce. Well, I just, I scratch my head because... You talk about the Dolphins. We, we kind of backtracked what we initially said about the Dolphins not having that much talent. You consider Jalen Waddle. You consider um, to attack by Loa. Um, their defense isn't terrible. They have some promising pieces. Then you look at Houston. David Johnson is on that team in a trade that never should have happened. Deshaun Watson... Still on that team, by the way. Ironically, is still predicted to be traded to Miami. How's that for some quarterback drama? That's neither here here nor there. It seems to me like this team, the Houston Texans, have literally almost nothing going for them. Nothing. And they still cracked out four wins this season. Almost beat the Titans, who were in a must-win situation. The only team I can think of that I would call a great player is Brandon Cooks. And he has Davis Mills throwing to him, which Davis Mills, what is he from? Wake Forest, I think. I'm not sure. Uh, I can quickly pull it up. Stanford. Stanford, yep. I literally was about to say it. Stanford. I mean, you're a college quarterback out of Stanford. You're not going to light it up your first year because you don't have all the right coaching tools in college to develop into the NFL, which means he probably got to the NFL on athleticism and maybe some other connections. Good for him. And Tyrod. 
Do what? And Tyrod Taylor getting injured. That's true. Yeah, Tyrod Taylor getting injured as well, which, you know, you consider that all of a sudden, what could David Coley do with Tyrod Taylor if he stays healthy? Honestly, probably less. I, I don't know that Taylor's ceiling is that high. I think it might have been the best move for the Texans. <laughs> you think their best move was for their player to get injured? Well, putting in Davis Mills was their best move. Um, um, I think in the long run it was, but still, you got to consider that this Texans team is not looking good. The one thing you really had going for you in a head coach that somehow navigated the waters, really trying to form a proving ground, like, come on, work with him a little bit. Mercy, cry mercy, please. And they just, they just wouldn't. Yeah, I just, I just look at this team and I really, like, I don't, I don't know how you can blame the coach for this. And if the goal was just to get a guy for one year and then move on from him and, you know, do whatever, you know, how, why is that the maneuver? All you're I doing. don't know, but I hear Urban Meyer's available now. Ooh, I'm sure, I'm sure the Texans would. I just want to point out the fact that they're talking about hiring Bill O'Brien in Jacksonville, too. I have seen a few things in that that they're wondering if that's going to be what they do. If you're a Jaguars fan, I would say keep the clown costumes. I mean, they worked. They did work. Should we just go ahead and talk about it? I feel like I feel like we got to start getting into the real stuff now that we've gone horrifically off track. Yeah, yeah. But first, here's a quick sponsor or ad from our sponsor, rather. We don't really have official sponsors, but here's an ad anyways. And we're back. The Jacksonville Jaguars, Ryan. What a team. What a team. That's a strong descriptor to call them a team, to be honest. Well, they sure did look like one this past weekend as they dominated the Indianapolis Colts. So let's break this down so we, we so we can actually get into the playoff picture stuff, all right? You had a few teams in the playoff race. You had the Pittsburgh Steelers, who were at the bottom end of that list, all things considered. You had the New England Patriots, Las Vegas Raiders, Indianapolis Colts, Miami Dolphins, Los Angeles Chargers, and Baltimore Ravens. That's really all you had. Now, mind you, the Baltimore Ravens ended their season 8-9. But if they had won their game against Pittsburgh, which they didn't, we'll talk about later, they would have been 9-8 and with the same playoff spot that Pittsburgh has now. How Pittsburgh got that spot is a little bit crazy, is it not, Ryan? I mean, that's that's one way to put it. So here's how much is riding on this Colts-Jaguars game. There is a storm brewing over in Las Vegas on Sunday night, and they host the Los Angeles Chargers. The winner of that game is chew into the playoffs, no matter what, they're in. But what happens if the Indianapolis Colts, which had either the same record or were like a half game above them. What happens if they lose to Jacksonville? That's where it gets interesting. First thing first, Jacksonville has to beat Indianapolis at home. 
So they get in the stadium, they prepare their game, and they look around, and do you know what they see in the stands, Ryan? What do they see? Clowns everywhere. Usually they just see those in the field. Uh, you would think, but all their fans came dressed up in clown costumes. Why? Because this team is a circus. It is absolutely terrible. It's a terrible team. And somehow they played better without Urban Meyer than with him. But that's maybe a bold statement considering they only had like, what, four games to play without him? I don't know. They had a tall order. Beat Indianapolis. If they do, Indianapolis is still technically in the wild card race unless some other things happened. If they don't, then basically it was a winner go home for the Raiders and Chargers. Now, Ryan, let me pose a hypothetical to you. Okay. What happens if the Jaguars beat the Colts? If the Jaguars beat the Colts, basically what that means is the winner of the Steelers-Ravens game pretty much in. Near now, sure. There is... Careful. Make sure you chew before you swallow. I don't know. I don't know what that means in this context. Take this a little bit at a time here. The Colts. What happens to them if the Jaguars beat them? Are they out? They are not out, but they are very, very close. Okay, with that context, now, Ryan, I will allow you to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers game. So, basically, if the Steelers and Ravens tie, I believe, the Colts are still in it. The winner of the Steelers-Ravens game, if the Colts lose, well, the Steelers are basically a shoe in to make the playoffs. All they need is for the Raiders and Chargers not to tie. The Ravens need that, but I think there was also a stipulation on the Ravens related to the Dolphins that I think the Dolphins might have actually gotten the last spot if they tied or if they so I don't know I don't know how the Ra- the Ravens made it I think they needed the Patriots to win so they would have been in trouble regardless as we discussed but all that would matter is the Steelers would be in near guaranteed but that almost didn't even happen for the Steelers because what happened in their game with the Ravens well fun fact Ben Roethlisberger is old I don't know if you oh. knew. And his his arm is a little deteriorated, so he had to fight very hard. Steelers were up, gave up a score to tie it. It all went to overtime. And as the time slowly ticked away, the Steelers managed to kick it home and take the win. Including okay. a, a clutch third down conversion. Okay, yeah. So the Steelers win that game. And the Colts lose to Jacksonville. And now you got to be thinking to yourself, man, there's no way. There's no possible way that the Steelers don't make the playoffs now, right? Let's be real. Let's be real. If the Steelers don't make the playoffs, then both teams in the Raiders-Chargers game should be fined and suspended because they clearly threw the game. Burn the whole league down. They're all cheaters if that happens. But that won't happen. I'm not worried. Sunday night football, the last of the regular season. What a matchup we had. The Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, the same Raiders 
that had to fire Gruden because of, actually he technically resigned, because of some, you know, not appropriate emails. The same Raiders that had a horrifying DUI incident with star wide receiver Henry Ruggs, who probably will never return to the game of football and could very well be sentenced to some time in prison. The same Raiders who lost pretty much almost all of their primary rookies or at least early draft picks from the past couple of years because of something criminal or just medical happening in their lives. The same Raiders that had some type of drama about Josh Jacobs having eight children with eight different women, kind of a different little e-news type thing there, but the same Raiders with all that drama working with a very, very much unproven interim head coach still has a chance to make the playoffs. One condition beat the Chargers or tie, but beat the Chargers. Don't lose. Don't lose. Simple as that. But if you look at this on paper, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, how does this team lose? They don't. They they wouldn't, right? Las Vegas starts out and they get what two or three scores ahead. Yeah, they get a pretty good lead going. And at this point, head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin, whose only job is to watch and make sure that they don't tie, falls asleep. Uh, man, I don't blame him. Everyone thought the Raiders locked it in, right? The game's over. The Raiders. They would, they're not going to blow the lead. The game's over. We're going to the playoffs, baby. We're winning the Super Bowl. Justin Herbert has an arm. Two of them, actually. He does, but the one that throws the football tied it up. What was it? Like 26-26 or like 28-28 or something? I believe it was 28. Uh, yeah, it was 29-29. 29-29. That's right, because they kicked field goals. They go to overtime. Thank you. I just forgot. My bad. But they go to overtime. Everybody's freaking out. All the Steelers fans are crying. I'm texting Ryan. He is. Well, how are you feeling at this point, Ryan? Well, to tell you that story, I got to I gotta be honest. I didn't watch this full game. I was at work, and I watched the remainder of the Steelers game. And I actually had one of my coworkers do part of my job so I could finish the game. Thank you very much, Liam. Very appreciated. Um, and so I watched that game. And I, by the time I got home from work, I kind of relaxed a bit. I was like, I should put on the game. Like, just see what's going on. So I put on the game, and there's like three minutes to go, and the Chargers are down by a touchdown, and they have the ball. And I'm like, oh wow, that is that is close. So I watched them, and it's fourth down, and I'm like, all right. Here we go. Like, they're going to do it. We're going to go to the playoffs. And they converted. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, it's fun. They still have a lot of field to go. And then they did it again on fourth down. And I think they did it a third time on fourth down in that drive. They did. And I'm just watching like, oh, my God, this is. And I, I say this having seen some bad defenses in my day. The worst defense I've ever seen in a game that meant anything. Oh, my God. And the worst part was. They'd be great for the first two downs. They didn't give up a single yard on first downs in that drive. 
and it was just as soon as the pressure turned up, they just blew it. So I watched it and I'm like, okay, like it's literally down to one play. There's, there's like, I think it was two seconds or five seconds in the clock. And I was just like, please, like just make one stop. And they didn't. And I'm just like, oh, this league's rigged, isn't it? Oh, this entire league is scripted, isn't it? But I'm like, no, no, be optimistic. Ties don't happen. Especially if the Chargers defense or the Chargers offense is that good, there won't be a tie. So I, I was feeling. At the start of overtime, a bit nervous, but fairly confident. Who gets the ball first? The ball first goes to the Raiders. Okay, so, you know, wait for the Raiders to choke on offense. Chargers get ball back, score, win, game over, right? Or field goal touchdown, whichever way it happens. Field goal touchdown, well... Well, they marched down the field actually a little bit, and they they put up some points and kick a field goal. 32-29, they have the lead. Perfect. Chargers can run down and score a touchdown, and the game is over, right? Or the Raiders are in what a fourth down stop is, one of the two. And the Chargers get the ball, go down the field, and what do they do? Kick another field goal. This was the moment I panicked. The moment they made that field goal, I was just like, oh, no. I, I had a feeling that things were about to go very bad. Raiders get the ball back with, what, three minutes and some change? Yeah, a little bit over. And they're not having a crazy amount of success. Jacob's got a few big rushes, and he also got a couple of times. But the problem is that drains the clock, too. Because nobody's willing to call timeout. Because if they tie, both teams are in the playoffs. It doesn't matter. Yeah, You don't really know what you're playing for until one team starts playing more aggressive than the other. Then you you try to match it, but you're not really playing for necessarily a win at this point. Although, may I just say, the Raiders' first play of that drive was a pass, and it was a great play call. It was like 15, 20 yards, because the Chargers were so expecting the run that they just burned them in the air. Exactly. It, it was a great play. And so, clock's ticking down. Final seconds when you consider that the game clock is 40 seconds long. Who calls a timeout? The Chargers. Why? The understanding was, and what I've been able to pick up, is basically the Chargers felt like no matter what happened, the Raiders were going to go for it. And they thought they were going to hit them with the run. So what they decided to do was to call a timeout, rest up their defenders, and prepare for that run play. That was the logic that the Chargers had. But what happened? Literally exactly what they said. They called a timeout, and then the Raiders ran the ball. But instead of being rested and recuperated making a stop, they gave up 11 yards. And it's that singular run and a good field goal kick to win as overtime expired. Can I that ask... sent Ryan Pulsifer into a frenzy. Before we before I go into my emotional, can I add one thing that I just like I realized like a couple days after? The yeah. Ra- the Raiders letting the clock run down to two seconds made no sense. It was next point wins. I, I don't know what the point of them doing that was. Huh. I, did, 
I didn't think of it during the game because I was like, whatever, like you're going to kick last second field goal. It was sudden death. They could have kicked. Oh, wait, I know what he did. I know what he did. So let's say they missed the field goal. Then the Chargers get the ball right there and something crazy could happen and they could score. That that's a good point. Because I was say because I didn't think about it game up, but I thought about it later and I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, because if they tie, they're still in. So they just want to make sure they at least get the tie. Hey, Ryan, okay, that was a smart move. I was I was a little curious about that at first. Okay, so emotions. Go. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to the Super Bowl. We're going to go to the Super Bowl. We're going to beat Kansas City 50 to nothing. Beat whoever we play. It doesn't matter. We'll beat them too. Probably, I guess, technically, we would just, you know, play the number one seed. Beat them too. I don't care who we play in the AFC final, whatever. Beat them too. You go to the Super Bowl against the Dallas Cowboys, and we beat them too. We win the Super Bowl. Listen, you think I'm crazy, and that's you half, are. and that's half because I'm exaggerating because it's funny, but. The fact that they're here doesn't make any sense. The fact that they've made it this far is an incredibly confusing event. So why can't they just go farther? Because they can. You don't know that. You didn't think they were going to. Two weeks ago, if you had have asked either of us if the Steelers were making the playoffs, we both would have went no. The Steelers are powered by the absolute power of insanity and bullcrap. It doesn't make sense. This team does not make sense, which is exactly why this team can win the Super Bowl. I would like to be clear that I should not be taken seriously for anything of what I just said. Good, because we're about to go into predictions and you're about to turn your own team away. Yes, but I um, <laughs> I'll go ahead and give you 30 seconds, Ryan. This is your moment. This is your chance to really root for your team, to send them an inspiring message. Tell them whatever you think they should know. Tell me when the clock starts. Now. Pittsburgh Steelers, you walk in today to the playoffs as a team with dreams, a team with a mission. The odds aren't great, but what good stories are odds great? Cut me off. Of What do you mean? You weren't saying anything of value, so I just stopped. I was saying incredible stuff of value. I was motivating the team. You were motivating the team. I was motivating the Pittsburgh Steelers. (laughs) Yes, I was. Because they are there to fight for Ben. Let's be real. They're they're fighting for Ben at this point. That guy is not coming back after this year. We all saw the game against the Browns. That is not a man who's playing in the NFL next year. Lifelong Steeler, probably... Well, should be first ballot Hall of Famer, realistically. He has done everything he can for that team on the field during his career. And he's a leader in the locker room. You fight for that guy. All right. You had about 12 seconds left. I don't know where you cut me off at is the problem. I have no idea. (laughs) 10, 9, Today we fight as a team for our leader. So go out there and try to beat the Chiefs. And if you don't, well, let the Chiefs, who can really be mad at that. Is that it? That's all. Well, if you're going to hold me to 30 seconds, then yes. You absolutely stink at motivational talks. Okay, anyways, we're going to go into the practical stuff, the things that actually make sense. Let's actually discuss what we're going to see this weekend. Do you know which team we're going to see in wildcard weekend that we didn't think we would see in wildcard weekend a few weeks ago? 
Besides the Pittsburgh Steelers, I assume you mean. Yes. I bet you I know exactly which team you're talking about. Why don't you go ahead and tell me what team I'm talking about? The less good Pennsylvania team. The less good? You, you care to expand? The Philadelphia Eagles are garbage. Top down garbage. Listen, I I find it very weird that the Steelers and Eagles are not rivals in this league. It's just it's always been weird to me that they're in different conferences. But that's fine. Because I still know in my heart that the Eagles franchise is terrible. They can't draft wide receivers. They're very bad at it. They're terrible at it. Congratulations. You made a pick at 10th overall, and it worked out semi-decently so far. Your quarterback, pretty mediocre. Your head coach, mediocre. Your one Super Bowl ring, lucky. A terrible team that realistically, and, you know, jokes aside, got in on a bit of a bad schedule. I'm just, I'm not very sold in this Eagles team. I'm really not. Well, um, you know, that that's fine and dandy. I thought you were going to talk about literally the Raiders, Bengals, Patriots, 49ers. Even an argument for the Cardinals and Rams could be made. No, I think we knew they were going to be here. I, I really doubted both the Bengals and Raiders. Uh, Bengals I wasn't doubting. Raiders I was doubting. Bengals, I was fairly, I was fairly confident that they'd be here. I didn't think they'd win the division, but well, my thing with them is no, I'm talking about pre-fall of the Browns, like when they were on a roll. Feels like last season. <laughs> it was really like after Thanksgiving, they just kind of went. Psh. That loss to Green Bay took all the air out of them. Um, all that to say, though, we have some very interesting matchups, and for the first weekend and I think two seasons the Chiefs are in the wild card weekend. And Ryan, who are they playing? The worst Pennsylvania team of all time. And I'm including college teams too, just because I can. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Nope. It's the Steelers. Steelers are the third worst Pennsylvania team. Get it right. Okay. The Steelers are traveling to Kansas City to, you know, face the end of their season. That's what everybody assumes. That's really what I assume. If you're asking for my prediction, I predict the Chiefs to blow them out. Like, not even close. I think it'll be like 34-17 type of score. Steelers will probably put up like a late touchdown. Make it look a little closer than it was. But yeah, no, I'm with you, Chiefs. It, it just makes sense. It's nothing personal, Steelers. It's just that your team sucks. Um... As for other, do what? To not even acknowledge your attempt at enraging me. The Steelers are also the exact type of team that I can see giving the Chiefs a run for their money because they thrive on such bullcrap. Not enough to bet on. Not enough for me to comfortably bet on. Yeah. The the only thing that worries me about the Steelers right now is Mike Tomlin. That's it. Um, Um, Najee Harris, too. Najee Harris is fair. That's a, that's a good point. He, he did pretty good against the Chiefs last time. And, um, and hey, what? That's it. Those are the three things. Yeah. Well, all that to say, the Chiefs are not that solid team that we were expecting them to be. They they won against the Broncos. They should not have won 
against the Broncos. Um, it took an 86-yard scoop and score, and that's what gave the Chiefs an extended lead that made them feel comfortable. It was still a four-point game up until that point. So good for the Chiefs, I guess. Um, but still, you know, they're the two seeds, so it's not like, you know, if Tennessee loses in the divisional, they could host the AFC Championship game. Uh, assuming the Chiefs win in the divisional as well, which is not a given this year. So we got to go ahead and get through these matchups. Ball card weekend, Raiders visiting Cincinnati. For those of you who are a little bit confused, the Bengals are the fourth seed, and the Raiders are the fifth seed. I'm a little bit unsure how to approach this game. To me, the Bengals are kind of a team that have a limited floor and ceiling. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they don't walk in and you don't go, oh, this this is a juggernaut team. But they're not a terrible team where I think the Raiders are the exact opposite. Every single week you get a brand new Raiders team and you never know if they're going to destroy you or if they're just going to be hot garbage. I'm not going to bet on them, though. I think I'm going to take the Bengals in this one. I absolutely have to agree. Um, it, it makes perfect sense. Bengals are clicking at the right time, and they're being more consistent about it. Despite their loss last week, I grant them that they did lose to, who was it? Cleveland. Cleveland. But they didn't They didn't have too much to fight for, because you're probably not going to get the two seed. That's probably going to be the Chiefs, who already beat the Broncos. Um Three and four are kind of interchangeable. In fact, if you're a lower seed, you probably play a worse team in this instance. But that's not supposed to be all the time. It's just the way the playoffs work this year. I have the Bengals beating the Raiders by a fairly solid margin. But I will say this. Cincinnati is one and eight all time in the wildcard round. They have not had a good history. Seven of those have been in a row the past seven <laughs> losses uh, in, in the wildcard round you know what i will say about the Bengals, though hmm. they may have had a bad history but they have never had joe burrow just imagine a prime ocho cinco was his target that team would be so swag and no no shade on the quarterbacks of Bengals past but like there's not been a bet there's not been a burrow in that organization i don't think no, Joe Burrow has absolutely lit up the city of Cincinnati. It's brought life to the stands again, and it's exactly what you want with a number one overall pick. Taking his team, clinching the clinching the division. Like it's a it's a scary looking Bengals team when they work. Um our next matchup, New England visiting Buffalo. We mentioned that Buffalo now gets to host New England. That's the importance of their win. But tell me, Ryan, who do you have winning this game? There is not a single game that I have tossed and turned so much as trying to figure out who's going to win that game. Same. I really strongly want to state that I don't know. But I don't know is not an answer for predictions. And I'm inclined to trust the experience of Bill Belichick and give him and the Patriots a close win. Well, Ryan, do we finally have a disagreement? Depends on your definition of disagreement. 
what is your definition? I agree. I, I picked the Patriots, but at what cost? Now you're looking at a, at, a, at a divisional matchup with the Chiefs and Bengals, which is not fun for me as a Chiefs fan. And I don't want to see that, but I think that's going to be the case. In this instance, the only thing that Bill Belichick has going for him is the slight chip on his shoulder that he probably doesn't care about because he's Bill Belichick. And the fact that he is more experienced than the Bengals. The Bengals are mad. They lost in the AFC Championship game last year. They already beat the Chiefs. They have more momentum Bills. to be mad than... You've been calling them the Bengals. Did I call them the Bengals? I didn't mean to. The Bills. I said you're. I was like, okay, I like Bengals. Like, okay, where are we going with this? And lost no. the game, and it's like, oh, I don't know where we're going with this. No, I meant the Bills. If anybody could beat this Patriots team, it's the Bills. And for whatever reason, I just don't trust it. They have a top three defense this season. They're first in so many categories. It would be stupid of me to pick the Patriots, and I'm doing it. I just simply because of Bill Belichick's experience. That's it. That's it. It's like as a Steelers fan, I have so much trauma from playing those Patriots teams. I just can't ever bet against them. And of course, Tennessee Titans beat the Texans last week. Have a first round bye. NFC side. Here's a fun one for you: Eagles at Buccaneers. I wonder who I'm gonna take. Listen, I think the Eagles are actually gonna keep this relatively close game. They're not winning this game. I agree. Dak Prescott has to get his promised uh, battle, and that's going to be an interesting prediction eventually. 49ers at Cowboys. Man, uh, this is a game I've thought about a little bit, but I do think it is the Cowboys. I I, I agree. It it makes perfect sense because I think they're going to learn to trap Debo Samuels and – Debo Samuel, and that's it. That, that's their X factor that now can't really be used or maneuvered. And I think the Cowboys win. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw a lot of Debo versus Micah Parsons. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the way the Cowboys tried to play this early. And then you might go, and I know a lot of people don't watch them. I go, oh, well, how are you going to get to the quarterback? Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory. Nightmare fuel for any team. Lawrence is such a tank, and Gregory's so fast that if they can hold down Debo Samuel, Garoppolo's going to take too long in the pocket. He doesn't have the playmaking ability to save himself, and Lawrence or Gregory will get through. I actually agree with that entire strategy. Um, That does bring up our last matchup, though. Rams hosting the Cardinals. You ever see a game, and you somehow feel like both teams are going to lose? Yeah, it's... It's going to be both teams. It's a tie. But when I look at which team's free fall is harder and more concerning, I think the Cardinals is more concerning. At least the Rams have shown that they have some level of, you know, they've added to their team. They obviously got Odell since they're a bit of a skid start. And he's done pretty well for all intents and purposes. They've got, to me, the more experienced quarterback, maybe the better quarterback, hard to say, because really seen in high pressure moments and I'm not I'm still Clingsbury started to prove himself and now I've got questions again and that's unfortunately the way it works in the NFL is you got to prove yourself for 
quite a while before questions like this go away. I think they've got McVay's the better coach. They probably have the better quarterback. It just seems like a matchup for the Rams to win. If you're the Rams and you've built this superstar roster over in L.A. and you're struggling as much as you have trying to figure it out, I initially thought, yeah, Rams, easy. And then I thought about it for a second. How mad would you be if you were the Cardinals? The difference between this Cardinals team and last year's Pittsburgh team, I think this Cardinals team is way more talented on offense. Oh, I mean, not a question. Kyler Murray can evade that veteran defense. And he can make throws past Jalen Ramsey. I will also add that the Steelers' defense was much better than the Cardinals. I would, I agree with that, too. But I do think if you're looking for an ability to perform on offense, I don't trust Matt Stafford right now. First playoff game. Which is a crime, by the way. It is, because he is truly going to be a Hall of Famer. I don't think this is their year. And I initially said Rams. Yeah, Rams. But now I think we finally have our first disagreement. I picked the Cardinals. Our first disagreement in the last two episodes. Well, to be fair, we only have to pick between, you know, 12 teams this weekend. So it's not really terrible. But um, do what? We'll call it one and a half then. Maybe. Sure. That being said, though. That sets up an interesting situation where if our predictions are correct, the Chiefs will move on to play the Bengals and the Patriots will move on to play the Titans. Who would you have winning those matchups? I am taking the Titans over the Patriots. I just think a healthy Derrick Henry is going to be a lot for a team that I called on this show was going to slow down. I was wrong. I was very wrong. This team kept moving, kept clicking. They found other ways to play, other ways to perform. I've got no reason to doubt Tennessee right now. I'm taking Tennessee in that game. Interesting. Who would you have with the Bengals and Chiefs? This is Bengals at Kansas City. This is a tough one. Ooh, this is a really tough one, actually. Because I feel like both teams kind of read similar to me. Star young quarterbacks. Defense is not exactly a strength. And a one key receiver and some solid depth receivers. I think I do give it. I do give it to Kansas City though. But I feel like that's like a 35-32 type of game. Again, all this is way too early. We're not even sure if our wildcard picks are going to be correct because the games haven't haven't been played. But I picked the Bengals. I don't think it's a bad pick. I don't trust Kansas City. I just don't trust them. Not right now. Their offense is starting to learn. Their defense stepped it up and then started to slow down again the last few games of the season. They almost lost to the Broncos, who had nothing to fight for but play spoiler. This is a mad swag Cincinnati team. This is that team that catches momentum 
and catches fire right at the right moment. And yeah, they lost to the Browns. I don't really care about that. It doesn't phase me. Yeah, I'm not too worried about that game either. I have the Bengals going to Nashville for the AFC Championship game. And that's the first time I've picked against the Chiefs in the playoffs since this podcast has started. Probably the first time you've ever picked against them, to be honest. No, I've picked against them a few times, but all in the regular season. This is the first playoff game where I've picked against them. And it's not even happened yet. So we don't know if I'll actually get that chance to truly pick against them. We're going to see what happens. And then I have the Titans winning that potential AFC matchup. Who would you have between the Chiefs and Titans? I got to take the Titans, man. Yeah, I agree. Titans to the Super Bowl this year, which we all thought would happen with the addition of Julio Jones. It's not really been necessary. It's been a little bit of an extra. He hasn't been good. No, he's not. It's kind of just been like a little extra thing on the side, but. I wasn't worried about it much when Henry was there because, you know, he's he's a pass option and a run-heavy offense. Yeah. But he went down, and I, I know Julio was injured for some of it, but I expected to see him do way more than he ended up doing. I agree. I hope this bye week serves him well and that he can get right for playoffs because Titans are my number two team. I like the Titans. All right. On the NFC side, if our predictions are correct – it would be either the Rams or Cardinals playing the Packers. Won't matter which one I I predict for the Cardinals, you would for the Rams. And then it would also be the Cowboys traveling to Tampa Bay for a rematch with Tampa Bay. Well, I think we're both taking the Packers. Yeah, get that out of there. Packers clearly going to win no matter what. Cowboys and Buccaneers, though. I'm going to ask you to go first on this one because I got to think about it for a minute. That's fair because I go first, I go second a lot. Um, I think our listeners are picking up on that too, but I have the Cowboys. Um, The only reason I have the Cowboys is not because this is their year or anything like that. It's simply because I, I just like them. I just like them. Tampa Bay has been a little bit dramatic, a little bit problematic, a little bit too easy to score on. Their secondary, not as great. I am not doubting Tom Brady. League leader in passing yards, I'm pretty sure. I'm not doubting Tom Brady. I think their offense will score down. I think it will be an offensive duel. I think the defense of Dallas will make a play. And I give it to Dallas, but barely. I'm going to give it to Dallas but not quite for the reason that you're doing it, just for a very simple reason. What guarantees do we have? And I know, hypothetical, that could end up being proven wrong, but these two teams might both lose. Who knows? Sports are weird. But what receivers are going to play in that game for Tampa Bay? Antonio Brown. Um... Godwin's up for the year. He tore his ACL. I, and I don't know when Evans is going to be back. I don't know who they're going to throw the ball to. They've got some decent tight end options, but I mean, Dallas's defense is pretty solid. If you just make reads to the tight ends, that's not going to work. Not all game. I just think as solid of a year as Brady has honestly had, and I do got to say, as a guy that doesn't like him that much, it's been a solid year. 
you can't throw the ball to yourself, especially when you're as slow as Tom Brady. I just don't think he's going to have the tools he needs to win. All right. I'm doing something crazy. You know how I called back a pick from earlier? But it was just it was a real it was a real easy one. Like it didn't really matter. I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. Just say it. No, you say it. Are you calling the Philadelphia Eagles to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yes. Oh my gosh. And here's the only reason why. I forgot Mike Evans was out. That's it. I thought Tom Brady was going to have someone to throw to. That's the only reason. That's the singular only reason. Because, did you ever watch Man in the Arena, Tom Brady's documentary? I have not, no. It's very good. But, I just, that last season, when Tennessee beat him, he was running out of receivers. Edelman was going. Gronk injured on and off in retirement. Tennessee pretty much threw away the Patriots dynasty, or so they thought. They're in they're in the playoffs this year. Who does Tom have to throw to? I mean, he's still got some decent options at tight end. And I don't know if the Eagles defense is good enough that they can make the stops I think Dallas can. I think they are. I, I I trust Darius Slay in this instance, and I trust that defensive line still. I like Derek Barnett and Fletcher Cox as a combo. That's the perfect amount of pressure to get through the O-line. Avoid the center. Avoid Tristan worse, and you're good. That'll apply to Dallas, too. Do best, what? Best offensive lineman in the league. Uh, that's a huge plus for Dallas. You're exactly right there. Which is which? My playoff scenario would be Eagles playing Packers, Cardinals playing Cowboys. I give it to the Packers still, and I give it to the Cowboys still. So in the end, the end result is still Cowboys Packers. That's not a problem. All right, so we're we're back on the same page. We both did very quest different like formulas, but we're on the same page. We are eventually, and with that, Cowboys versus uh, Packers. I have the Cowboys. Can I be honest with you? Yeah. I very much want to take the Packers. Not because I don't want the Cowboys to win. I mean, let's be real. I am still a Cowboys fan, even though I'm more of a Steelers fan. I would like to take the Packers because it just feels like you should. The Patrick, let's be real. The Packers are the better football team. I think we can agree on that. They're the most talented team top to bottom. The most talented team doesn't always win. Sometimes the less talented team is the team to do the thing. And I feel like the Packers game could be a great area for Trayvon Diggs to do the Trayvon Diggs thing. Because, yes, he definitely gives up a lot of big plays, but he can also be a game changer. If you don't put him up against Devontae Adams, if you get him against, you know, Scantling or I can't remember who the other receiver is, uh, Lazard, I feel like he has a big game. You put Anthony Brown on Adams, contain him as much as you can contain Adams. Because Browns had a pretty solid year, shockingly, actually. I feel like Trayvon Diggs can do the Trayvon Diggs thing. The off uh, the defensive line can do the defensive line thing, and the Cowboys win that game. I agree. I'll even go a step further and say Dak's not going to have a great game. He's going to be mediocre. But a good rushing attack... 
great defense and maybe a big play on one of the receivers. Okay, so for both of us, that means Cowboys and Titans in the Super Bowl. What do you think? Titans. I, I've watched Dak Prescott play a lot of football this season. Dak Prescott has not been as good as Dak Prescott can be. For the most part, he did put up 50 on the Eagles last week, which kind of went under the radar despite them being a playoff team, but whatever. Dak Prescott has not necessarily done the Dak Prescott thing. There are a lot of great receiving options if the defensive line manages to shut down Henry, which on its own is an incredible challenge. And, you know, you can put Trayvon on one of Julio or Brown. I don't feel great about either of those matchups. Better better Julio. Than, I'd rather Julio than Brown, but then you've got, you know, Brown on Brown action going on. And I don't feel great about that matchup. And Mike McCarthy's not a great head coach. I think Vrabel's going to outcoach him. And the Cowboys special teams has at times let me down. I think the Titans are poised to win this game. I think I called the Titans winning the Super Bowl before this started. I can't remember, but that does sound a little familiar. We'll have to check the archives. We will. Um, that being said, we'll have that check before we actually do a Super Bowl episode just to see how far away we were. Titans, Cowboys, I pick the Titans. I, it stays the same. Ryan Tannehill is the weakest part of that offense, and that is not a bad thing. I mean, they have a good line. They have depth to the line, which is important. They have a great wide receiver core. Derrick Henry is obvious. And their tight end situation, Anthony Ferkser, he's pretty good. They lost Nicole Pruitt. Terrible injury. Thoughts and prayers to him. But their tight end room can still get the job done. And then defense has just been incredible. It's a more complete Defense is not Trayvon Diggs, who is really good at intercepting the ball and being, you know, a, a hawk to the quarterback size, but still gives up, you know, over a thousand receiving yards, one of the most in the NFL. We we've had that conversation off the podcast, and I would like to have that on the podcast one day. I just don't think today is the day. Today is not the day. Wait until they're a little bit more proven in the playoffs to have it, or not proven, we can still have it. Yeah, but wait, I think wait till they something. Yeah. If the Cowboys are the most complete team on the NFC side, the Titans are the most complete team in the league. And I think the Titans win that Super Bowl matchup, and that's who we both predict, which is really interesting. We're not normally this much in sync, but, you know, technically I called it first. We think. We think. And if you accuse us of cheating, I just want to remind you, I went first in all but one pick. So if if you think we're just copying, well, that's not on me. Yeah, I mean, you could have an argument for that the week before, but keep in mind that I changed my answers and I picked the Eagles over the Buccaneers. So we'll see. Yeah, that's that Eagles team is weird. Like, I do think there is something there, like foundationally. I just don't know how much. Okay. Well, I'm going to surprise you with this. My free shout out goes to 2021. I have to say 2021 was the absolute best, worst year ever. You know, that's the kind of vibe I feel. It was a great year, but it was still like that worst year ever 
caliber type of year. I had a great year. I started college. I made a lot of new friends. I, life's been great for me. It's still been a terrible year. I, I don't think I can relate with you on this one. 2021 was not my year. Nor was 2020. 2019 was great, though. 2019 was a great year. I had a phenomenal 2019. 2019 was like the peak of my life. I would have to agree. Yes. That being said, though, what is your shout out? I think you know who's getting my shout out. Don't say it. Very rarely in life is there a man so perfect. A combination of skilled, clutch, and good looking. A man of destiny. A man of heroics on a way that can never be measured truly. Very rarely in life can we look at a man and say, that guy is Daniel Carlson. That man is my hero. And if he ever needs anything, he's got it. If he came to me today and said, I want to become the second dude on the Two Dude Football Podcast, I would bow out. I would happily do it. But only for him. Because Daniel Carlson is the greatest football player. Of all time. That's the kicker for the Raiders who sent the Steelers to the playoffs, by the way. He lit a series of fires and will single-handedly win the Pittsburgh Steelers the Super Bowl. And then we will sign him to a 10-year contract that will be worth more than Mahomes because he's that good and he will live up to it. Stop it. Get some help. I will not. I have a headache. That is quickly turning into a migraine after hearing that. I do have that effect on people. It's not just you. It's your stupid Steelers, too. All right. Well, that's been the episode. I'm going to go take medicine. Um, Ryan, any last words you want to say? Not about the Steelers. Uh, can I make it one thing about the Steelers? But it's what? not not going to be, like, stupid. Go. I don't care that he missed time. TJ Watt, Defensive Player of the Year. I agree. I agree. Like there um, was, a, there was a while where I thought the games missed was going to take him out of it. No, TJ Watt, Defensive Player of the Year. No, I mean that whole argument with Week 18 being added. You're like, gave him an extra week, it gave him an extra chance, but he missed like what three, four games? Like, about, I think it was about four games. Yeah, like the record's basically his. He shares it with Michael Strahan, so good for him. But still, you know, Defensive Player of the Year. I agree with you 100% there. Um, that's the wrong episode, though. That'll be our conference championship episode, I'm pretty sure. Um, all that to say, you ready to uh, close this out, Ryan? I think we're ready. Oh, I, oh, you want me to do it? That's why I said, Ryan, are you ready to close this out? I, I see what you're saying. I'm with you now. So, I want to thank you so much for watching. Of course, I'm your host, Ryan Pulsifer, alongside... Wyatt Fairman. And this has been Two Dudes Out. Two Dudes Out.